Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, I'm just going to ring the doorbell. Okay. You're going to ring the doorbell. Don't ring the doorbell. He's gonna, he'll come out at some point. We don't need to do that. Hang on, hang on. Let me... Let me check through the letterbox. I'm going to check through the letterbox. Hello? Hello? How did you get his address? I just... I, I traded it with somebody at Ferrari because I had these Red Bull floor plans lying around. Like the McLaren. Oh, that's that's so funny. So so he knows we're coming, right? He's expecting us. Uh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, this just is so when cool. you look in the when you look in the ring doorbell, try and pull that face that you do that looks like Carlos signs. Okay. Oh, you so know, so frustrated or disappointed. Yeah. So start crying. Is that what you're saying? I should start crying. Ideally, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna try. Hang on. He's probably not answering the door because he's in an ice bath. Yeah, he loves just a long soak in the ice bath. You know. Uh, Oh, hang on a minute. He's okay. He's just done an Instagram story. Hang on a sec. Okay, hang on. I'm just going to read this. Oh, what does it say? What does it say? What well, does it it's say? in it's in French. Hang on, wait. Okay, no, there's one in German. Oh, right. Okay, that one's Spanish. Okay, there's one in Italian. For God's sake. Okay, okay, okay. Here it is in English. Uh, okay, hello everyone. It has come to my attention that my home address. Oh. Yeah. Oh. We should leave. Okay. Okay, hang on. That's Let me the right ju- thing to do. Yeah, but I baked him some volivons, so I'm just going to push them through the letterbox. That's so sweet of you. I know. I love hang- your volivons. Hang on. Let me just. I'm just going to shout through the letterbox. Hey, I'm. I'm just pushing these volivons through. Okay. Yeah. Don't call the police. Sorry about your car. Now we have to fucking talk about racing. We're going to watch a car race, Michael. It's when nerds try and be cool. I think you've done brilliantly. Good podcasting. That's how we roll, baby. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Josh Weller. And my name is Alfie Brown. And you are listening to the Formula One podcast, Dirty Air. What a week it's been in Formula One. Um, nothing's oh, happened. What a week. <laughs> no. This. How do you... F- okay, I'm very excited about doing a bunch of episodes while there is no racing. But I just want to send a message to Formula One, right? Stefano Domenicali, he wants to get rid of FP1. He wants to get rid of FP2. He wants to add more sprint races. I've got. I've just got some advice for you, Domenicali. You know what we should have? Races. That's what we really need. Because we've currently got a four-week break that isn't the summer break. How about, as the king of F1, you just put more races in, Domenicali, please? What, what uh, geopolitical catastrophe is the lack of races a fallout from China. this time? China. It's China. China? China, what? China. So just pop- population collapse. They just don't have well, enough people it, to go to the race. It's uh, it's definitely not that. It's COVID. But I think it's also cuz haven't they like just signed like a treaty with Russia or something? They're like they're like, "Hey, let's take over the world together." Uh basically a lot of the things that a lot of the deals that Russia were doing with Europe, they're now doing with China. Yeah. So the China. economic catastrophe that would have happened uh within Russia is not happening because they're imagining they're managing to do a lot of stuff with China. Yeah, it's like um, it, this. I think that sure, there's no Chinese Grand Prix because of COVID, but I actually think that it's more of a sort of a 1932 pre-war situation here, where um, you know, where you know where the Olympics happened, but there were, we were about to go to war. Do you remember that? Well, I mean, I don't actually remember being there. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't remember it. No. Um, but but that's what it. it feels like. But I think okay. Here's my question to you: If we could race anywhere, and I, I don't mean anywhere with a circuit currently, I mean anywhere mm-hmm. during what i have dubbed this as the f1 spring break woo 2023 right so during the f1 spring break woo 2023 i'm gonna give you the license to be the king of the fia for one race where do we go barley <laughs> okay uh, I, I'm currently in australia i don't know if the listeners are up to date on my uh, are you, are you on smoko I'm Smoko right now. Mondays are Smoko days at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So it's a whole day of Smoko. So leave me alone! Anyway, carry on. Uh, some workers in Australia get confused about whether or not they're allowed to go on Smoko if they don't use it to smoke. Uh, they are allowed to go on Smoko. It's just slang for a break. Anyway, uh, the Mondays I am uh, yeah not doing anything. So I, uh, Bali is where people go on their holidays in Australia. Uh, they get uh, something known as barley belly, which is when you booze so much in barley that you shit water. Okay, uh, great. That is where I would hold the Formula One Grand Prix. Another festival vibe. Or Glastonbury. I wouldn't mind a Glastonbury Oh Grand my Prix. God, F1 Glastonbury. They keep trying to do it in London. And because they can't, because London is basically narrower than Monaco, they every every mm. couple of months they go, oh, we've got some new London plans, and it's just inching further and further and further out of London. Like it's currently it's going like- to be the Rice Slip Grand Prix. <laughs> Stockport, um, the Stockport <laughs> London Grand Prix. I would choose if I could go anywhere for a Grand Prix where they don't currently have a Grand Prix that isn't China. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with the Hebrides of Scotland. 
Ooh. Because I think, again, keeping with what Domenicali wants in Formula One, which is more drama, it would be like Mario Kart, wouldn't it? Where you would fall off a cliff. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Maybe then, if we want drama, maybe a, a, a race in Yemen would be a good idea. Oh, that's such uh, a good idea. Try and navigate sort of falling uh, drone kind of missile strikes from the Saudi-operated uh, flying agents of destruction. If there's an active volcano in Bali, I will take that being part of the circuit where they have to do a sort of alley-oop, like a Hot Wheels car, over a Ooh, crater. Yeah, like a Sicilian thing, a Sicilian Grand Prix where they go around all the sort of smouldering... Uh, yeah, and they could have, like, a, Fernando Alonso could have a competition with the volcano to see who could be more smouldering, him <laughs> or a volcano. Yeah, and we could do, it could be like that documentary, is it called Love of Fire or Fire of Love, where those two people fall in love? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Drive to Survive. Like like how Soulwax used to do mashups of, like, Dolly Parton and then, like, some old rock Strokes, song. yeah. We could, we could do mashups of documentaries. So, like, Drive to Survive and that, uh, a fire volcano documentary we could do drive to survive and fire festival yeah i i like the so strokes. like that's what's happening right now yeah it's like an f1 document an f1 race that isn't happening it's um it's been a wild week in formula one uh one of the things there's a couple of bits of news that i want to get through um so four people have been arrested over the um robbery of charles leclerc's watch right so there's two parts to this story. It, it's very much like a sort of um, Too Fast, Too Furious, Monaco drift situation, right? Although I assume yeah. if, if it's in Monaco, you can't drift that far because the roads are very narrow. Um, I and mean, if it's Ferrari, it's not fast enough. Yes, exactly. So someone stole Charles Leclerc's like 50,000 euro Richard Millie watch, right? That's one part of the story. The second part of the story is police have released robbery footage of Charles Leclerc chasing the criminals in his uh, in his street Ferrari um, and the thing I find funny about this is that his watch cost 50,000 euros right and then he decided to mm-hmm. chase them down in a 500,000 pound car yeah do you not think that one thing Formula 1 drivers shouldn't do given the sort of uh, the gravitational um, sort of uh, disadvantage that they're at height wise um that they probably shouldn't challenge people who've just robbed them because he's probably going to end up getting his car nicked as well. I, uh, in this situation, don't think that uh, logic or uh, necessarily like like uh, density arithmetic was going on in his brain. I don't think he was thinking everything through clear-headedly. I think he was fucked off it's it's more it's a symbol like he he could have 98 richard milley watches it's not like he's going oh that costs so much i better get that watch it's he's taking out he's essentially pretending that whoever's taken his watch is ferrari and he needs to go and take his frustration out it's like how dare I be thwarted, not only in my professional life, but now my personal life. People are just taking from me. They're taking my ability to compete in the sport that I love and indeed my timekeeping apparatus. I hate the world. If he had won the previous Grand Prix, he doesn't chase after them to get that watch back. I think he needed the watch just so he could keep track of just how many uh, 10 one hundredths of a second they are behind the Red Bull this year. 
um, which is qu- <laughs> which is quite a lot. And also, I think it would have been really funny if um, he DNF'd the car that he was chasing the burglars in <laughs> as well. That would have been... Because you must feel like when you drive a Ferrari streetcar, I imagine when you sign with Ferrari, obviously you become, you know, part of the Tifosi, you become a kind of royalty in Italy, and you get to complete kind of every petrol head's fantasy of racing for allegedly the best uh, formula one team of all time but there are other perks like you probably get a nice company car um but it must be quite infuriating to be driving a ferrari street car and have it never break down and just Just like when you go into your shop and you're like, "Oh yeah, fucking great." Well, I can go and I can go to the car four and get my um, my uh, car four signature booze bottles and my copy of the Fuji's the score on cassette tape. That's genuinely something I bought in a car four station when I was ten. But how is it possible that this car doesn't break down? Yet my actual sports car for my career—that's the reason I'm here—can't even fin can't even finish a race this season so far. Wow, that puts things into but yeah, I well I, yeah. I, I I agree. He must be going through some degree of emotional turmoil, and I can only imagine how he must be feeling. Poor little beautiful boy, frustrated. And Gunther Steiner uh, came out in the news this week as well, in Formula One news, and said that he hoped that the FIA didn't intervene or meddle with Red Bull's ability to compete uh, he said he didn't want to interfere with the sport to make it more competitive. Just let Red Bull be dominant if they've got the most dominant car. But I I think this takes us into quite an interesting area with the definition of sport. Because surely they're trying to make the sport aspect of it more competitive. It's not a sport to build a fast car. That's technology. It's like It's like making sure everybody wears the same football boots. It's not affecting the sport. It's just affecting... I don't know. I was interested to hear your take on well, it. Yeah, I think I think Formula One is a little bit like a house um, where someone's decorated it and it's every single room eventually gets worse and worse and worse and uglier and uglier and uglier. And then you suddenly come home one day and you go, oh, my God, no, my oh, my house is a mess. Like Formula One is whichever angle you look at it from at the minute, it's just all a bit of a mess. You know, the, the end of the Australian Grand Prix um it felt like a very defined uh, decision to make entertainment <coughs> prevail over sports and, and also safety. I think Gunter Steiner has a point because where was the meddling when Mercedes were, you know, a minute ahead in 2019 and 2020? Um, I, I, granted, there was no cost cap. I, I, I will give you that. Um, but I, I And think... they introduced a cost cap to prevent that sort of thing from happening in the future. So they, they did meddle, they have meddled, and that's why we are where we are now. That they've have taken there were new rules, there were new uh like airflow ducks, kind of more complicated terms than I know, but they did make changes to try and make racing more competitive because for Mercedes were a minute ahead. But if if Red Bull are and I know we give them a hard time on this show, but if they're clever enough to hide their money and their expenses, and overspend, and get punished, and not really suffer any consequences. Like Fred Vasseur, is he a Vasseuse? No, he's a Vasseur. Uh, Fred Vasseur, uh, team principal of Ferrari this week, said that um, the cost cap was... <laughs> I'm going to do that all season. It's, my, it's, it's, the, it's the best thing you do. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's a compliment, but um, Fred Vasseur said that... Um, <laughs> 
that the cost cap punishment for for Red Bull was very light, and that's that's true and it's untrue because um, a lot of the punishment for Red Bull we're going to see in twenty twenty four, because by the time that they would have been punished last year, um, they would have done a lot of their development for this year. Um, but if Red Bull was smart enough to, you know, for example, you know, paying Adrian Newey as a consultant. Um, because he doesn't technically yeah. work for Red Bull. All of these clever little angles that they play, should they be punished at this point for just being so much more... I, I know it's sort of dastardly and deceiving and wacky races-like, but should they be punished for being so much cleverer than everyone else? I, I'm i not sure if they should be. Um, but as a fan of Formula One, all, all I really want to see is a tight pack and we don't know who's going to win each race. But I think what we have to accept this year is we are going to have a tight pack, but we do know who's going to win. So is it Mercedes? Really, the the championship this year is going to be Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin. And the other reason Steiner probably doesn't want anyone meddling is because look at them. They're finishing in the points. They're getting good race results. So the closer they put the front of the pack probably means the <laughs> further they're going to put the back of the pack. And that would make yeah, okay. Haas suffer. So, I see Steiner's point, um, but he's also probably thinking about uh, getting on the Red Bull train. Um, he's probably trying to butter up Red Bull to get one of their tasty engines next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there will there will always be self interest in these things that people say, and like Gunter's not just going to be being you know philosophical about the nature of Red Bull or FIA or what they should be doing. There will be his own team self interest in there. Uh, and th- th- I mean, the Melbourne Grand Prix was a microcosm of what the FIA have kind of been doing wrong this whole time, because by putting entertainment ahead of the race and then they did one red flag too many, many and therefore there was a precedent set where they always had to give a red flag, which meant 98 red flags, which meant they couldn't restart the race because it would have been too dangerous. They're obviously going to crash into each other at a standing start with so much to gain, so little to lose for those at the back. Uh and now they've, in a broader sense, across the whole season, done that. They've introduced these uh, uh, new uh, rules that people have to abide by. Red Bull have done. They've created the best car, and they've gone, "Oh fuck, it's too good. We need to bring them. We need to rein them back in." Mm-hmm. But after the fact, you can't really do that. You're just fucked. And they have to kind of cop for the fact that f- the race for the drivers and constructors championship this year is done. And they have to find other ways to make it exciting within the rules that they've set themselves up for this failure, you know. And that's what Max Max said this week um, under uh, Stefano Domenicali um, when he said that they want. He was like, "Okay, what do the fans want? They want less sprint races. Um, so what are we going to do? More sprint races, and we're going to tinker with FP one. We're going to tinker with FP two. Um, and Max said this week, "Well, they can do that, but you know, I'm not going to be around long if they do." Which to me is a really interesting statement from Max Verstappen. I don't think it's the threat that the F1 press have made it out to be. I think it's just how do we get some column inches um, in this in the Formula One 2023 spring break woo-boo, period. Um, but I do think it's interesting that Max said I'm not going to be around long because one of the things I think that to Max's credit is he seems like a real I know it sounds silly to say this given what his job is, but he does seem like a genuine purist and enthusiast of the sport. Mm. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. And it did make me think, I was like, okay, so if Max is willing to step away because they tinker with the format, um, he must know that they gave him that championship in 21. He like if he's if he's self-aware enough to go, okay, well if they want to change the rules, I don't want any part of it. But he that means he must have the intelligence and the self-awareness to go, yeah, they kind of gave me that win. He must know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But also that's why I think that's why he had to win the next the, the year afterwards and why I actually ended up, or I suppose on reflection, feel a little bit sorry for him that he won the second championship in the way that he did. Like, oh, you didn't win. Oh, time penalty, you did. It's the least fun way. He won it in the most incredibly exciting way that you could possibly imagine, unfairly. And he won it in the, and he won it fairly in the most boring way that you can possibly imagine. There is just... The guy can't catch a break in terms of just like, he's obviously an incredible driver. There's no debate about that. He's obviously in the best car. But you would hope for the poor bastard that at some point, he has at this point earned a world championship victory. He he has earned that one, probably. So he earned he's earned the right to kind of go, I should be able to like... I should be able to know that I'm the world champion upon passing a checkered flag yeah, and have that moment of beauty and that moment that you dream about. He won't have dreamt about like somebody going, oh, no, there's a five second penalty. You won it, mate. Oh, right. Oh, good. Actually, I I wanted to win the world championship. He 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 deserves the moment. Yeah, he definitely didn't think, uh, I'd really like to win when um, five cars get removed uh, to give me a ridiculous advantage, especially when I have new tyres. There's no way. Yeah, that won't actually be the way that he would have wanted it either. He won't have wanted to win the World Championship no. either of those ways. No. And I think that, um, or speaking of questionable World Championships, um, the right testicle of Formula One, Bernie Eccleston, this week said... Um, or maybe the is, is he the right? Yeah, he's right. He's definitely not left. He's right. He's the right testicle yeah. of Formula One. Said this week that he's trying to um, remove uh, Lewis Hamilton's 2007 championship to give to Felipe Massa because of all the all of the drama surrounding the end of the season and winning it by one point and it coming down to that race in Singapore. Yada 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 yada. Um, for the people that don't know, basically. Um, there's a similar situation whereby they feel like um, they were gifted the uh, they gifted the first title to Lewis Hamilton, who, in Bernie's words, had all the luck in the world. And um, I probably shouldn't <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I spoke to a person this week who actually who actually knows Bernie Eccleston, and that person yeah. said that person said, "Yeah, Bernie just likes to say things like that when he gets bored," <laughs> which, which <laughs> is remarkable that it, you could be that bigger part of formula one and just go you know what? i think i'll just be in the press this week and i'm a little bit bored and uh you know whatever it is his coffee machine's broken or his car's broken down she's like i think i'll just throw some shade at lewis hamilton he hates lewis uh, hamilton i but i do think that felipe massa deserves much more credit than he gets as a driver because all of the marginal gains that people make you know uh that season that you always talk about where like basically decided right i'm 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 going to take out the inner lining of my gloves who did oh, that, that? Was, no that was rosberg yeah that was rosberg yeah yeah sure yeah. uh so all these marginal gains so felipe massa you have to wonder how fast he would have been and how many championships he would have been if he had a regular sized head 
you know what I mean? <laughs> he does look a bit like, um, is it the baby monster in The Thing? Is that what the movie's called? He looks like Megamind. <laughs> I, w- I refuse to let this podcast turn into a Philippe Massa slagging contest. He is... Uh, Massa by name, Massa by nature. <laughs> he is... It's the biggest head I've ever seen in real life. Philippe Massa. Luis, Luis. I love when he pundits. Luis, that's a great, that's a great result for you, Luis. He's my favourite. <laughs> if 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 Jos Verstappen is the paddock daddy, I'm the paddock daddy hanging out in the paddock. It's not my job, but I'm here in the paddock. If Jos Verstappen is the paddock daddy, um, Philippe Massa is the paddock puppy. And I will not have you shitting on Philippe Massa while he shits like a puppy in the paddock. Thank you very much. Leave him alone. Fair enough, Joshua. What I think we should do now is discuss uh, perhaps... Ponder what the Formula One drivers have been up to on their spring break 2023. Woohoo! Uh, yes, so as we all know, there's been an unexpected four week hiatus in Formula One, leaving the drivers to go home, put their feet up, holiday a little, train a little bit harder, um, shoot some guns, uh, eat some lovely pasta, grow their beards out, um, or just generally uh, sit evilly in a corner, um, staring into a mirror, wondering how the hell they're going to become world champion in a McLaren. Um, So I want to go through (laughs) every driver in the paddock, and we're going to say what we think they are doing with their 2023 superimposed spring break, uh, akin to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, if we're going to compare it to 80s movies. Um, starting at the back of the grid with zero points, uh, Nick DeVries. What do you think Nick DeVries is doing on his 2023 spring break? Woo-woo. I think he went to like a rural, a rural Dutch farming lodge and was uh, just one with his family to be amongst the local farming community. And I think he was uh, talking around the dinner table uh, rather angrily about uh, all the immigration in Holland and the <laughs> Netherlands generally, uh, despite the fact that in rural the Netherlands there are, is no immigration whatsoever. And that is how uh, it usually works. You have all your immigration in urban centres and then all the people complaining about uh immigration in your rural areas and i think that's what nick devries was up to uh of course your farming lodge there's no actual farming going on you just enjoyed the lovely scenery <laughs> what do you think nick devries did on his spring break 2023 well he, he's a rookie so i think that he's doing what all rookies do when they start in formula one um and um he's gone and got himself a italian stylist to uh, finally, he's Oconning 2022, where he's got to start thinking okay. about, because this is what the drivers have to do, isn't it? They have to think about their personal brand. They have to think about their, mm. what am I going to do with my clothing line? What am I going to do with my wine brand? What am I going to do with my gin? What am I going to do with my white claw? Like, so I, I think Nick DeVries has started thinking about, uh, where does the Nick DeVries brand go now that people, you know, he's Dutch? Um, so he, okay. his op, yeah, his options are cheese, prostitution, or yep. cannab- cannabis, or right? or um, or or daffodils. Yes, yeah, and I I yeah. think let's combine all four. So it's a flower delivery okay. service, right? That that gives you mm-hmm. a, a mouthful of cheese, a, a toke on a spliff, and then fucks you. <laughs> wow, that's such a good idea. A uh, dispensary that's also a yeah. sex worker. 
Right. That's, oh my God. You're a genius. I was in um, Antwerp last week, and uh, while I was in Antwerp, someone said to me, they went, hey, you know that um, Amsterdam government have asked Brits between the age of 18 and 35 to stop coming to Amsterdam? And I went, why? And they went, well, because they keep getting stoned and having sex with prostitutes. And my, my reaction was, well, if your city kind of revolves around m- cannabis and prostitutes, I don't... I don't really think it's fair to tell people to stop coming and doing the things that are legal in that city. Stop coming and then stop coming. <laughs> okay, Logan Sargent. Um, I think that on his spring break, uh, I have this image of Logan Sargent kind of in Miami on a, on a lilo um, with, a, with a lovely sort of American uh, Miller Bud Light in one hand and a sort of AK-47. <laughs> And a big okay, gun. so okay, we're meet we're we're meeting in the middle there. Okay, what's yours? What do you? What's yours? Uh, I think he's gone to Worship Fest, uh, which is a Christian rock festival in Colorado. <laughs> uh, I think that's where I think he's divided his time between Worship Fest and uh, there's there's an NRA uh, lodge in New Mexico uh, where you could get together. <laughs> it's like Club Med for people that love guns. <laughs> and, um, I think that Logan Sargent has divided his time with his. Because they're not new Republicans. They're old Republicans, his family. Mm-hmm. They're old school, salt of the earth, God-fearing, gun-toting. This is not like me digging at Americans in the slightest. This is me digging at Republican Americans. And I think that he went to Worship Fest to listen to some Christian rock. What they all do, the Christian rock bands, it's very good, is that they change the words of rock songs to be about, uh, to be about God. So uh, they have they have, they have a lot of fun. Um, welcome yeah, uh, to the parish. We got present the body of Christ and stuff yeah, like that. My favorite thing about Christian music is that um, is that when they when any genre comes out, the church goes, "Oh my God, rock and roll, no, hip hop, no, punk, no, rap, no." And then after a while, they go, "Okay, fine, we'll do it, but we'll just do it about God." And then they always leech off of a popular genre. Once it stopped being cool, so I imagine, <laughs> I imagine Logan Sargent is currently watching like a very, very popular Christian new metal band right now. When do we think we're going to get Christian drill music? <laughs> Jesus, crisis, hit it, stage, Emma, Allah, Pewter, with a singing hymns. Die for my sins, brah! Die for my sins, brah! Jesus, he died on the cross. All your sins and the seven day heaven day heaven day um, okay, I think... Who've uh, got next? I think that's very logical. I think Logan Sargent is... Um, we've got his teammate, Alexander Albon, who I think is just... Yes. I think he's at the Duxford Imperial War Museum looking at airplanes. Is that because you saw him there? No, I mean, it's, I mean it, is, it is a very good museum. Uh, they, have all the, <laughs> they, they do have do one of the... Do you think Alex Albon is you? Is that uh, what you think? I think do you think I, he spent the whole time watching? I think, actually, if there's going to be somebody who's... Spring Break 2023 woohoo activities most closely mirror yours. It's probably Alex Albon. I can see him at Duxford Imperial War Museum and then going home to watch Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Absolute dream come And making true. himself ratatouille and sending photos of it to me. <laughs> uh, what do you think he's doing? Chess club. See? Chess club. Yeah. Yeah. Just we both. both think he's a nerd. Yeah. Um, K-Mag. Are you allowed to talk about uh, K-Mag? What you gonna do yeah, he's with at a monastery? What you gonna do with all that mag? 
all that mag inside that monastery. He's in a monastery. Uh, he's learning how to deal with his emotions and uh, process his... It's mad, isn't it? Because he's, he's still got such a cute face, but such a fiery and tempestuous man. Yeah, he looks like the kind of guy on an airplane who you wouldn't expect to be horrible to the stewardess, but is. Very good observation. What have you got him doing? Uh, I've got him actually just um, in a uh, learning how to cure fish. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just think, I like that a lot. I just think it's very specific. He's curing. He's learning how to cure a trout. Oh yeah, and it's fucking Danish as well. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like yeah, a it's lovely Danish. Like they know how to use dill very well. Those guys, don't they? Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Yuki. Next. Yuki Sonoda from Alpha. Okay, so um, recently in Fabric, uh, there a, a guy went Is viral. A night, he the wears nightclub. A, the nightclub fabric okay. in Farringdon. Yes, uh, the, there's a guy in there who wears like a, a shiny sort of a silver bodysuit and uh, clubs, and he was getting a lot of people videoing him because he's older than the main demographic of fabric uh he's was getting kind of targeted for homophobic abuse as well and everybody was being horrible to him and taking the piss and basically the whole thing reaction against it was just leave him alone i think yuki read that news story and then went to fabric every night to hang out with this cool guy dressed the same as him and basically tried to make him feel better because i think yuki has a pure heart and a lust for the party when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And I think those two things, uh, I think that totally, totally encapsulates what he wants to be and how he wants to live. That's what he was doing. What have you got? Yuki Sonoda does look like he's done those uh, balloon um, things, you know, like the metal canister. Oh, um, What's it called? Like laughing gas it, or whatever yeah. it's called. It's laughing gas, yeah, yeah but uh, he, Noz, Noz canisters. Yeah, Noz, yeah, he looks like, he definitely looks like you would go to a party and go into a bedroom and he'd just be there on his own. Just like... <laughs> All right, wow. Didn't expect that. He's right. Uh, my Yuki Sonoda is that I think, um, you know, like when you see a professional dog walker and they have like 15 dogs clipped to like a like a vest and the dogs mm -hmm. are essentially pulling that person along like a prof like a professional mm -hmm. that's what i think yuki's doing that's cool just being pulled that's along really cool. by lots of big alsatians having the fucking time of his life <laughs> do you think if you if you got enough dogs and he's only small as well so he could probably attach a parachute to his back and do like ab abseiling but with dogs 
Yeah, it would only take a small number of helium-filled balloons to lift him up like a Pixar film. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. That's really uh, nice. Um, Zhou Guan Yu, I've gone a bit rogue here because we don't know much about Zhou Guan Yu. And I've got, um, in, in you know, in Berlin, there's that nightclub called Berghain, mm-hmm. which is like a world-famous sort of nightclub leather, no phones, sort of you can, people go in there and... And and and, the, and then there's one guy who um, who apparently would and and this is a trigger warning for anyone who's like grossed out easily, but he would lie in trough the, man. Yeah, trough man. Yeah, he would lie yeah. in the um, yeah. So there's dopey, bashful, sneezy, <laughs> and trough man. <laughs> and trough man is this yeah. guy who would lie in the urinals at Burkine and get people to to piss in his mouth. I think Zhou Guanyu is, 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 is. I can't decide whether Fucking he's. Pi- I don't know whether he's pissing in someone's mouth or asking people to piss in his mouth. And I have no. I know this is probably libel, and I'll get in trouble for this. But that's just my. That's my comedic, not true, but it is true theory of where Zhou Guanyu is. I like it. I look. There are no bad ideas in brainstorming improv. You know, look. You just went with your heart, and I have to mm-hmm. respect you for that. Um, I. I was reading about Joe. He's the only one that I had to read about when prepping for this. He moved to Sheffield when he was 12 because nobody gives a fuck about racing in uh, Shanghai, where he's from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he moved to Sheffield to, like, bridge something school for boys and whatnot and carted about and whatnot. I just don't think... I think also... You know how when somebody has heritage from another country, so like an English person but with Scottish parents, and they always go on about how Scottish they are? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like because everything I just think he's a racing obsessive and can't really talk about racing or doesn't have any other interests he just is a like he also what's Ben Stiller's job in Along Came Polly he's like Uh, an insurance guy he's like a risk risk analysis yeah risk analysis yeah that's how Joe races it's all risk analysis it's like sensible as you as you can possibly be and i think he was just studying the turns of up and coming races he, he doesn't <laughs> holiday he's obsessed to the detriment of all of his personal personal relationships we have two he's very different ideas of what joe Grant we really doing. we really <laughs> do have the opposite and along kudos on the uh, along came polly uh, reference that's a very underrated Thank you very much indeed are you for scuba uh, look in my eyeball um i love that film uh I also think that <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, look in my eyeball. Are you for scuba? Uh, and um, Ruben, Ruben, are you for scuba, Ruben? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant, He's in brilliant great shape. He isn't makes he? that film, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is in that film as well. Ah. Also, just to tie up uh, a Guan Yu, I imagine if you are in Shanghai and no one cares about racing, it must make you feel quite Shang Low. Fourteenth, uh, uh, Pierre Gasly. <laughs> What is what's Pierre doing on his break? I think he enrolled in Andrew Tate's Hustlers University. <laughs> uh, I am, look at me, I am the alpha now. I am the alpha. <laughs> I, think, I am the paddock alpha. Is he, how much is he the sort of person that like is? Oh yeah, just keeping abreast of what Andrew Tate's up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is. I'd also this is more. If I was Pierre Gasly. I would be more offended about this than if I was Joe listening to what you think he did. This is the most offensive thing that we can assume somebody's done. I'd rather be trough man than enrolled in Hustlers University. 
And I think he listens to those like men podcasts where they describe dating as a marketplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how he thinks about everything. And he's like trying to get ahead of the curve and learn how to optimize his productivity and things like that. Yeah. That's what I think he's up to. You can't say, you you, you just can't say anything anymore. Everyone is so offended so easily. Um, Yeah, Pierre Gasly. I I actually just had him doing a, um, going to a spa, like a very lovely, here's the jacuzzi, here's the steam room. There's like 11 pools that, you know, like different temperature baths where the salt one where you can float. But I do think that he's gone there with mummy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. I like that. Uh, Oscar I like Piastri. That I have what I have for Oscar, Oscar Piastri. Piastri. I have him sort of building a um, sort of galactic-sized uh, sphere um, in the middle of, a, of the universe a long time ago, probably somewhere quite far away. And basically what mm. I believe happened is that he loved racing when he was a kid. And then he met this sort of old guy in a potato sack called Qui-Gon Jinn, right, who kind of introduced him to these powers that he didn't even know that he had and eventually fell in love with this 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 young woman. And then for some reason ended up getting burnt alive in the lava flow um, of an of a erupted volcano on a rogue planet and has somehow ended up kind of a boss of some kind of st- like a star that's very deathly. And he just sits in his chair and and does this thing with his fingers where he can choke um, guinea pigs and um, rabbits and sort of break their necks. I got really excited uh, because I thought you were doing the plot of, uh, is it called Contact by Carl Sagan? Yeah, no, I wasn't. But, uh, but you weren't doing that. No. Uh, so what was Star Trek, was it? Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars? Yeah, he's... he's, he's I. Yes. I Oscar Piastri. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the just... he he has the the sort of blank, deathly stare of a Sith Lord. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm actually, I'm actually. It's better. Basically, I had him because I know that he grew up around Albert Park, where the Formula One Melbourne Grand Prix was held. So I like the idea that he just sat. They've got these tall tower blocks around Albert Park that people gather on the balconies of. And they hang their Oscar Piastri flags over the balconies. I think he lives in one of those flats. And it's been raining horribly here. Um, and I think he was just staring uh, with, the, with, the, with the drips, uh, tear-like, falling, dribbling down the pane of his windows. He looked sadly out over Albert Park and thought about, you know, what could have been were he not in a McLaren? <laughs> if he was in his Aston Martin, what could have happened there? A home podium. It must be quite hard for the McLaren drivers to, um, because they constantly have to, you know, you have to fulfill obligations of your sponsors, you know, um, and Mm -hmm. go to go to like a signing or go to an event or go to a launch. But the rate at which McLaren burn through sponsors, it it Mm. must just be never ending to go. No, 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 it's a different crypto company this week. Quick, 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 like go go to that room and talk about crypto. And then by the time they get there, by the time they get to the event, that crypto company has gone bust. So now they have to go and mm. hawk chocolate mousse somewhere. It, it must just be a nightmare. And then all that time, when, and the car is just, just absolute dog shit. Okay, anyway, Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon, it's a really hard one, isn't it? And I think he's been trying so hard to uh, 
be a Formula One driver uh, with everything that that now means in the modern era. And I just think with this time off, he's he's gotten some old faded sweatpants and he's watching an old box set or something. He's watching the Golden Girls um, and The Office again. And he, it's comforting. He's got Disney Plus. He's watching all the old Simpsons episodes. And I've like, got oh, him. Family Guy's on her as well. I've got him. Uh, I've just got WhatsApping Pierre Gasly's mum. That's all I've got. <laughs> Look, okay. I think I think we can both be right for this one. Mm-hmm. I think that he could be staying at home and WhatsApping Pierre Gasly's mum. I think actually these fit together. Our, our ideas of what he's up to fit together very very well. Yeah, maybe smoking a bong as well. Just just having. A oh little... my god! Um, so great. In 11th place, uh, uh, it's time for um, the hipster of the Formula One paddock, Valtteri Bot-Bot, Smacky Bot-Bot. It's time for Smacky Bot-Bot. I mean, to be honest with you, it's there's not much you could say about Bottas um, because comedy-wise, he's he's fulfilled all his co- comedy obligations of the year in reality. So for us to suddenly make a joke about it is like, it's a little bit, like when they when they carried on making Veep after Donald Trump became president, and you're just like, well, this is not funny, <laughs> you know? Like Bottas is, oh, he's yeah. all, he, I, I don't know what Bottas is doing on his. I think he's, he's at pro- the end of his comedic potential. I get that. Like I, I you I, know, I, I, I had boo, I had an Australian booze cruise. Like cruises here in Australia, they are for young people. They drive out to a point where it's like legal to just become a mess. And you just all everybody gets drunk on a boat in the sun, and then the boat comes back, and everybody's like vomits. Bottas to me seems like he he's like in a desert shooting out a burnt car, like a burnt out car, yeah. and he's just like with a with a magnum. He's just like yeah, let's go down and let's go shoot out. There's there's a car somebody dumped down in the in the bay. Let's go and just is just there shooting it with a with a beer with a cub in a cubby in his hand. That's a really good one. I prefer yours. Uh, Charles Leclerc, I've just put crying. I think he's been moving house. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he could have been crying. I think he could have been crying and moving house. But he's definitely been down um, Foxton's and been speaking to... uh, Yeah, so what seems to be the problem here? You want to move house, yeah? Uh, You, I I do... Oh, going from South African to French is pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I want to move house because uh, there are people camping outside my house. Oh, man, bro, that is a nightmare. I'll fix you up with nice new property, yeah? It must be genuinely terrible for him. I know we joked about it at the top of the show, but like to have your privacy invaded at that level and to feel trapped in your own apartment and then to get in a car that you also feel trapped in, it must be like... <laughs> it m- no wonder he's chasing diamond thieves around Monaco. He just wants to feel anything else. He's just, um, he's just chasing a buzz. Uh, the Hulkenberg I have got uh, on a military um, airplane hangar where they take off those planes, and he's just doing the hand, you know, like at the beginning of Top Gun, where they, the guy waving the lights to launch the plane. So much better than mine. That's what he's doing. Oh, that's really good. What's I've just yours? got meetings, meetings about diversifying his portfolio. I think he's got one eye on retirement, and he's, uh, he's exactly the sort of guy that will use his... Uh, you know, uh, rudimentary good looks to sell vodka. <laughs> he loves so looking into a. Vo- I mean, Hulkenberg loves a sponsored post. If you go down his Instagram, it's like that guy will hock anything. Like I know, did you see? Oh, I mean, we'll get to Alonso, but um, he's done some very funny advertising in the last couple of weeks. Um, Lando Norris, what do you have for Linda? Linda. 
nothing. I sort of sort of ran out of patience with thinking about what he might be doing. Seeing a life coach, like you know, just trying to get his um, addiction to uh, PlayStation under control so that he can hang out with baby. Um, and but I don't know. I don't know. I I, I got nothing. What do you what you got? Uh, for Lando, I I've just got that he he captains a five aside team, but he takes it way too seriously. <laughs> you know. You know that guy when you're... I don't play five-a-side football, but a lot of my friends do. And they always come back from it, like, really pumped. Like it was a se- yeah. like it was a Premier League game. Where mm. they're like, yeah, yeah, we went for pints afterwards. But obviously, like, because fuck, cause that guy... Just this guy, Joey, just turned up. It wasn't even... Nobody really knew. He was, like, friends with some work guy. But he was, like, tackling... Like, he was taking it all really seriously, shouting at people... And so in the pub afterwards, we tried to kind of freeze him out. But he then all of a sudden he drank five pints and was just a mess and horrible. And like that's what I think Lando's like. I think he takes his five aside very, very seriously. Um, it's a really good one. George Russell, I've got George Mega Russell. George George Mega Russell, he's playing Dungeons and Dragons. George, it's George Mega Russell, looking at trains in the day. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've got as well. Have you really? Oh, and here we are. Uh, uh, there's a. Uh, 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 if I. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! It's just beeped its horn. Ah! <laughs> that's what he's been up to. Uh, I have. Uh, okay, listen. I know that we've milked this uh, teat dry, um, so I'm going to give Lance Stroll a break on his uh, on his summer break. Do you know and what? I got nothing for him as well. And no, I'm going to... I didn't even write anything down. I, uh, it would have been uh, kind of like, a, you know, maybe a obvious thing to say that Lance was uh, in a, uh, on a yacht uh, with his stepmother. Uh, but I honestly think that Lance Stroll is uh, currently um, on vacation, uh, on his own. Um, and I think he's probably enjoying uh, being in a cabin, uh, you know, just sort of enjoying the uh, serenity. Okay. Of, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I said it all of last season that I think Lance Stroll is uh, secretly in love with his stepmother. And um, I'm going to give him because he's worked so hard to be he broke both his wrists, which when you fancy your stepmother and suddenly you can't relieve yourself uh, from those um, uh, insistent, intrusive fantasies. um, Yeah, because both your wrists are broken and you have to sort of, you know, just shag the radiator. Hump a pillow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to put that Lance is... um, God, I, he, he just seems like someone that's really getting into trading, I think. But realistically, yeah. he's having very painful rehab because he broke both of his fucking wrists. Uh, he's probably just enjoying healing. I think he's um, started a uh, sub-stack about his investment portfolio. Okay, sub-question. Sub-question, which of the drivers this se- on, in this spring break off-season has gotten a tattoo? Hmm... I mean, statistically, it's Lewis. Yeah, but it's also Yuki. Yuki got a, one of the guy in fabric dancing. And I've got. Uh, I Yuki think it said was to Carlos. him at the end. He said, "I'll never, I'll never see you again, but I'll never forget you." That's what he said. I reckon Carlos Sainz got like, something like in Italian. He got like "Laugh now, cry later" or something tattooed on his chest. I think it's probably "Cry now, laugh later," isn't it? 
Um, well, moving on, Carlos Sainz. I've I've got him. Uh, I've got him. Um, I don't know why, but I imagine Carlos Sainz is would be a character in Chicken Run. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. When I look at Carlos Sainz, I'm like, you know what? You look like you'd be quite a good character. So I think he's trying to escape from the farm. I've got him writing letters furiously to the FIA about. Well, like he's not stopping. He's right. He's he's got a letter writing kit from Ryman's. He's he's that five seconds is the most unbelievable penalty I ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, like those people who not, complain. He's to not Ofcom. letting it go. Yeah, those people who get really yeah, annoyed yeah, yeah. about a TV show. Um, actually, I don't he's, believe that two men should be kissing on day, and they write fifty letters every day. Oh, this is um, I don't actually like. He's doing that, but to the FIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's gonna it, be uh, him, Nikki. Clark or whatever his name is, who hosts that complaints show. What's that complaint? Nikki show Clark called? is a, is a famous hairdresser, right? Well, it's Nikki Campbell. It's yeah. somebody. It's Nikki somebody. It's a bloke called Nikki. Anyway, there are only a couple of them, and then he hosts the show. Going, uh, I was absolutely appalled the other day on, you know, Gardner's Question Time that there was not more time dedicated to lawns, as it is the season that we should be thinking about get a life. Um, I think that genuinely his team radio after australia was one of the saddest moments i remember my whole family kind of gathered round while my grand grandma died and everyone was like that the team radio was sadder for me and i love my nan but that was a that was that was real-time heartbreak that wasn't just oh my god i can't believe the fia has done this it was him going everyone in my team is an idiot it was just this. Oh no, Ricky! No, no, they have to come to me. Yeah. It was, it was a man who saw, like when I knew that my music career, I went, oh my mm. god, I'm just not very good at music. Like this is, I've wasted, and I had this moment where all harsh, just, but carry on. That's the I that he had that moment. It was one of the worst penalties. I mean, we addressed it on last week's show, but moving from. Was it fourth to twelfth? Because of a five-second yeah. penalty. <laughs> it, it, incredible. Um, who uh, that's why. So no, for my Carlos Sainz break, I've got him basically doing a Back to the Future. You know, like where the photo where Marty McFly is disappearing, but it's his penalty. It's his penalty disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, the- Carlos, it's your penalty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, Lewis um, Hamilton. We got LH uh, team LH uh, plus forty four. Uh, what do you think Lewis is doing? I think he's got back on Raya, the yeah. high status dating app, and he's dating. I think he's going. Man, I'm forty years old now. I need to settle down. Um, obviously, like uh, uh, like he go, and he, I, I think he goes out on dates, and he just needs to learn how to date again because he gets into a restaurant, and as soon as he leaves, he kind of. I just want to thank everybody for having dinner in here tonight. Obviously, yeah. you've been great. I want to thank all the restaurateurs. Uh, yeah. Thanks very ba- much for ba- Back in the kitchen. <laughs> all the chefs back in the kitchen. <laughs> I want to thank, thank the chefs back in the kitchen for all the hard work they've done uh, this year. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he says to his he's date... He's so much PR training that he can't communicate in any other way yeah. apart from that grateful like driver speak. I certainly think that he looks at a meal and goes, I, you know, or his date, he goes, hey, you could have shaved two-tenths um, off of your starter if you'd have uh, rotated your plate 90 degrees and actually attacked the salad before you hit the chicken. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think that he, uh, I think he'd be a good date at this point in his life. Yeah, in all seriousness, I do, yeah. 
And I also think that he's probably going through like a bit of a 12 steps thing where he's texting his exes going, hey, really sorry about who I was in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> that's very true. Um, um, next up, really we funny. have um, in the Drivers' Championship on their team break. Ah, here we go. Fernando Alonso, you killed my father. Prepare to die. Uh, what have you got? Uh, I've got him. Well, I mean, um, he started advertising. Have you seen the ombre advert he's doing? ombre no he started he's got a, a line of ombre moisturizer and i was saying earlier that hulkenberg will do anything for money watch the advert of fernando alonso advertising ombre putting eye cream on his and also i love fernando alonso but he's got very sort of his eye bags are that of a 42 year old man who spent his entire life going 200 miles an hour around a race course like and he's like delicately yeah. putting this anti-wrinkle cream and he and and you can see he goes i'm so excited to have this new project uh you know uh coming out with ombre and it's like uh, just say look at the camera and just hold the cream up and go they gave me two million dollars to do this advert it would be more honest than the advert that alonzo has done you know what i'm actually going to cut a bit of it in right now here we go hello uh, here Fernando Alonso, two times Formula One world champion. I'm super excited to be uh, partnering now with Ombre, and uh, this is uh, an amazing project that uh, I've been in involved for, for a couple of months now, and uh, we can't wait. It's going to be a, a game changer. There you go. It's the fakest little bit of advertising I've ever heard. Um, so I think he's just. <laughs> I think Alonso's sort of accruing. Uh, Alonso, basically, in my mind, he has a. He has this party swimming pool situation where there's all these beautiful women and men, men in like knitted cardigan 50s style uh, vests and women like go-go girls dancing around, you know, in like a cage. And she'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes the Aston away, you know, and all this. But I do think the swimming pool in the center of this party area is the Scrooge McDuck swimming pool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Thank a lot. you. Thank I, I mean, you very I've much. got him. He, he went on a holiday to Parma, Parma in Mallorca. Uh, he went to uh, see the city. He had some uh, deep fried mool. He went to Cala Torta. And I think he bumped into his friends, uh, his friend Pedro Almodovar. And I think he got cast in a, a movie. The Pedro Almodovar's new movie is called El Pequeno Cemental, which means the little stallion. <laughs> and he's going to be a movie star. Uh, Sergio Perez is trying to save his marriage. Sergio Perez is on a tantric sex course yeah. because his wife uh, wants him in all areas of his life to finish second. <laughs> <laughs> uh he genuinely he's my uh, uh he's not my dirty air driver of the day but he's my dirty air driver of the spring break because the i know that uh probably mentally um it looks like leclerc's going through a lot carlos is going through a lot but sergio to sit in this checkmate where you've got Danny Ricardo there to kind of scare the shit out of you. You've got Max Verstappen there, who's your daddy and is there to beat you. And to just sit there knowing that you're going to be the greatest number two driver when all you want to be is number one. And to have all that weight on your um, shoulders, it must be... I mean, I wouldn't want to be in that position. There's is he no a better number two driver than Valtteri Bottas was? No. I don't think so. 
No, because I think Valtteri knew uh, that he... Which is why we've got this sort of Valtteri hipster now. Is because Valtteri... I think he, he knew back then that he... That as much as he wanted to be world champion, he had to give it to Lewis as and when it uh, it mattered. And I, th- I think that Sergio is still... I think Red Bull have very ha- had have had to resort to sort of blackmail tactics. Um, yeah. Okay. You know. Um, so I wouldn't want yeah, to be yeah, in yeah. his position. Um, what uh, What have you got Max Verstappen doing on his finally the 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 world champion, the man to beat? I think his holiday was he bought his dad a holiday. <laughs> it was like I one think of those. His holiday was just time like apart. A, like hey, a, I've got you a trip to the. Uh, uh, to, to the Maldives, to, yeah, like your little hut. It's on a jetty, you know, like a, like uh, something from a sitcom where he went, "Hey, Dad, I've got you two tickets to a private island for the for the spring break." And his dad went, "Oh, this is great. Your sister will love this." <laughs> Just didn't take him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, well, that's it. That's our spring break. Spring break, twenty twenty three. I cannot wait for the next race. I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, I'm very yep. excited to watch the rejiggling of the uh, of the midfield and the upper midfield um, as they battle for dominance while uh, Red Bull run away. Red Bull seemingly, the car genuinely is on Red Bull, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely unstoppable. Um and uh and uh, that's it I, I have i'm 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 done are you done i'm done i've got nothing else to say i've got nothing else to communicate do you have anything you'd like to plug uh i want to thank everyone who sold out my show at the uh bill murray this week um i have previews this week in brighton on the thursday and i have something on the friday i can't remember i don't know yeah I mean, I can't remember what to plug, but you've got your Melbourne Comedy Festival, right? Yeah, but I think we've exhausted. If, if if anybody, if if this is news to any of my uh, any Australian dirty Ellis's now, then you haven't been paying attention before. Come to see me in Melbourne. Come to see me. On, buy tickets on my tour, alfiebrowncomedian.com, Touring in the autumn, everywhere. So buy tickets to that list. And make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on TikTok for your Formula One news. Um, and I'm going to read out our one of our one review that we've had on the app. So please uh, leave a review because I will read them out. Uh, this is from Ben, Music Magnet 182. So I assume you're a pop punk fan. Um, and it says, five stars. I remember listening to this podcast. And that is a memory that I have. Five stars <laughs> Right. Well, good for, good for that guy. Wonderfully um, meta review. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.